This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My wish is to inspire viewers to explore spirituality and to look at the bigger picture perspective of their life. When we see how everything fits together and there are no mistakes, we will begin to grasp the perfection and the love that is the foundation of everything. Valeria Telles interviews Hans Wilhelm, a mystic, author, illustrator, and speaker. Hans Wilhelm is the illustrator of over 200 books for all ages, including some together with Byron Katie. His books have sold over 40 million copies and are translated into 30 languages. Hans has recently created over 100 short YouTube videos in which he visually explains the spiritual laws of the universe. In these videos, you can watch him drawing the dynamics of these laws and see how all the dots connect. This absolutely unique visual presentation has made his videos so successful that they have been watched by over 15 million viewers. Meet Hans at lifeexplained.com. Here is the interview with Hans Wilhelm. In your own words, who is Hans Wilhelm? Oh, Maria, who is me? I am, now it sounds big in a way, but I'm, I see myself as a mystic and, and somebody who originally was the perfect child of God, who is just through negative thinking, acting and so on, has now entered the material reality and is now trying to slowly work himself back to the absolute reality, which is spiritual reality. That's sort of a very heavy, and it's in a nutshell what I do here and why I'm here on this planet of Earth as a schooling ground, as a teaching ground for me to clear up the mess which I personally have caused in my own life, and that's the purpose of my life here on Earth. That's a very heavy question and a heavy answer. I know <laughs> probably a lot of people are put off on that one right now, but that's how I see it. It's an interesting question, isn't it, to ask, who am I? I have asked so many times, and it might be one of the most important questions to ask ourselves and others, right, Hans? Particularly during our our life, every time we're having a challenge to face, ask ourselves one of the first questions, who am I? And from that level, we can make a better decision. When we really realize that we are this perfect being deep down, and when we make the decision from that level, we make the better decisions. 
Do we have control over life? Is that something that's real? Most certainly, totally everything that happens to us from the morning till evening, we ourselves have created. We have totally created our fate, our destiny by our past words, feelings, actions, which are which were against the law of love. And they're coming back to us, a very simple format. Whatever we send out comes back to us. There's nothing new to this. This is the law of sowing and reaping. So whenever we whatever we face is something that we have put into our, onto our own path so that we can clear it up. Everything happens for us, but not to us. So the whole uh, time here on earth is like a school where we slowly learn to undo the mistakes of our path. As we understand, or perhaps realize, some of us, that there's no one doing anything. Even scientists, when they try to find the essence, that particle, something that it's unique to every individual, it's not found or anything that's here, plants, uh, the earth itself, or it's just something that it comes from one source. It's nothingness or one source, or could be oneness that we do speak about that. So when you talk about this individual sense of me, of the I, and this progression, this soul level, just reincarnation. How can that be if there's no one here? Uh, I'm not quite sure whether I fully understand what you mean by no one here. I believe that everything is consciousness. God, in a way, another word for God is consciousness. And we do not have consciousness. We are consciousness. We are different aspects of consciousness. So is the rock, so is the plant, the animal, the human being, spirit beings. They are all aspects of this consciousness living in a total unity and harmony for the most part, but not here on earth so much. But that's basically all these aspects of consciousness have their own individual awareness. So I'm not totally saying there is nobody there or there is somebody there. I think that all these aspects still have their own awareness and we will keep that awareness forever. We are made eternal beings. So my unique awareness will be always mine. I will not, like in some of the Eastern philosophy, according to my understanding, go back into the stream of nothingness. No, God created his children as eternal beings, and we are continuously evolving, 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 evolving. And though, so is all of creation, continuously evolving. But as a total concept, I can see you as it's only the oneness, there's only one thing, which is, we can call it God, consciousness, intelligence, light ether. It has many, many words, but uh, we are all individual aspects of that one Big oneness, if you may want to say that. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you say that. Yeah, that's the way I understand, if I can say that way. Yeah, there's just wholeness and the feeling of separated wholeness. So this is a feeling of separation. So if it is a feeling, it's real and not real at the same time. It changes, it moves, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it dances, it's not fixed, it's not eternal as you, the word you used. So that might be the oneness or the wholeness um, that is present. A question I usually ask is, how did this come to be, this sense of individuality of the meaning of the eye? Because we don't see that with plants, but of course, or with animals, but that's because they don't have the ability to think. So we are... Um, a more advanced than that, or gifted, per se. 
I would not say that thinking is necessarily an advancement. The thinking is the one thing which gave us all the problems and still gives us the problems. And I don't don't think that we that animals, the plants or animals are any less evolved than we are. They are in a way, yes, we are slowly going through it. But we have uh, really caused so much trouble through our thinking. And the thinking is mostly linked to our intellect. And through the intellect, we have, dist- we have basically started wars with each other and everything. It has given us more problems than solutions. Yes, we can say I can use my intellect to find a new medicine for to save the world. But in the same way, we are also creating more problems with each, every part positive that we create. So the thinking itself is actually what has brought us out of the awareness of the absolute peaceful reality. It has brought us out of the feeling of unity. It has brought us into the selfish, into the ego world. And the ego world, it's me, me, me versus us, um, has created all the problems. And therefore, I do not see myself necessarily higher than an animal, because an animal doesn't go for this nonsense. That resonates, and especially because I try or something in me trying not to create separation, even, even when I'm using words. So when I hear the word ego, that sounds like a, a separated entity or something that's not really helpful or nice or good, but that's a judgment again. So we are coming from that space of separation. If we come to judge anything, then it's coming from that space of separation thinking, as, as you say. So I'm wondering if we can navigate this reality, hence, with um, realization, because it cannot be understood by the mind anyway. But with the realization or perception somehow that this is wholeness, this is... Uh, I connect back to the breath every time I think that this is a miracle to be here, to be talking to you now. It's like, how can this be? It's It's not only a miracle, it's also a a great privilege. I mean, there are billions of souls wish to incarnate. They can't. There are not enough bodies. Um, So there are uh, being for us being here and being able to clear up the nonsense that we have par- created over the past is such an enormous privilege and everything around us supports us, helps us. As you mentioned, there is nature, there are the people, there is the air, there is the floor we are standing on. We are continuously loved and supported wherever we are. But our mind, our thinking does not focus on that. As you say, when you fo- want to focus on the breath, then suddenly you are back into the unity again. And once you meditate and go into the deep stillness, which is in all of us, once you are there again. And that helps, of course. But our mind drifts us always off. Our mind always believes in separation. We are separate from everything else. And therefore, we cause all these problems because out of this comes our survival mode. And I'm more important than you. Mm, yes, right. That's that's definitely a separated yeah, state of being. So I like to think that this is um, unconditional love, that life, it's uh, unconditional love realized, fulfilled. So everything is loved already. It's whole already, which means includes everything, even the parts that we call the ego and all these, the judgmental things, because that cannot be real. So being here now with all the imperfections, with the thinking, no thinking, however, is unconditional love, unconditional wholeness. Unconditional, and I like the cause a miracle statement of unconditional, unlimited and all-inclusive and, and, and selfless. If we add that all together, then we have a definition of God. One definition of God, not the only one, but one major definition of God. Unlimited, all-inclusive, unconditional and selfless love. Yeah, 
that's what this is. <laughs> that's what comes to me as a message over and over again. And it's interesting, the dance of even being out of that realm, uh, disconnected per se, because we're never disconnected anyway. That's another perception, another feeling that we are disconnected, but we can never be disconnected. But it feels like we are sometimes. Because, you know, with my husband, sometimes I get upset, he gets upset. And I'm thinking, what is this coming from? Because um, we are not separated in any way. But this is the dance, isn't it? It's part of it. Yeah, that's why I think Earth is a, is, is a school. As somebody, I, I once found it on a, on a, on a cup and of Starbucks a long time ago. It says, life is a school for angels. Love is a teacher. So you do your homework without fear. Death mm. is merely graduation. Mm. I found yeah. that more, more depth than <laughs> that than a lot of Shakespearean <laughs> quotes. It is so true. This is a, law, a school for angels. We are here at school. It's only a very short visit. It's only 800,000 hours as an average, 20,000 days. It's nothing. This cannot be our total life uh, that we are supposed to be. So therefore, we should just take by the shortness of life the fact that this can't be it. This can be only a step to life, to much longer life, to the eternity. And therefore, this is a schooling ground where we have the opportunity to clear up all the nonsense which we have once created. And that's what a day-to-day -day comes when the day brings us. Let's say you've been upset with your husband or with a, with a cat or with somebody else. You got a phone call and nasty email. All these moments are there for us to use love, to create, to solve it, to ask for forgiveness, to make uh, to make amends, whatever needs to be done. Each situation is different, but that's how we solve it. And that's how we become free by all these things. And that's how we create our future by doing, undoing all these things and no longer doing the negative things. So therefore our future fate and our future destiny will be far less problematic. That has a sense of control. Destination and control, that's coming from the individual, right? Hence this idea of separated wholeness. Well, we have the illusion of being separate, as you pointed out earlier, and this happens here on Earth, that we uh, we forget who we are, and we forget who uh, that we have been here many times before, and we forget with whom we are connected. So we believe, our ego tells us, you're all here on your own, you better work hard and kill anybody else who is on, in your way, and just to get what you can get. That is our ego and our capitalistic way of life, and it's unfortunate because it has caused so much trouble, and our whole uh, planet is suffering from our very selfish kind of focus uh, that happens therefore it is very helpful to remind ourselves that this is not so we are magnificent angelic beings with powerful beings it's just only that we haven't really used our power and our intelligence uh, in the right way they are driven by conditions, you know, the programming and conditions of mind and body, right? Mm -hmm. How can this happen, this uh, realization? It sounds like the impossible because no one really, no one who believes is someone wants to let go of that, to live, to navigate this reality from the lens of wholeness. So I wonder how, how that happens. Like, in, in this case here, I don't even know how that happened. I have no idea why I talk the way I do in, in these days more than before, more than, than years back. I don't know where that really started, that interest and that, that shift. When did that happen? So I'm wondering how the programming, would you say that's in childhood? Because I remember being feeling very free at some point, no judgments and really free. 
And then all of a sudden, not sure at what age, it changed. And I became aware of being in the body. And then now I had to cover everything up and be aware of people around me and how they say, the feelings. So all of a sudden, it changed. So is that how you see that happening of becoming someone? I'm sure society, we adopt all these belief systems from the people around us. Virtually none of the belief systems and the way we move and behave and speak is really coming from us. Everything we have basically uh, copied from our parents, from our teachers, and most of all also the religions, which don't help, we have taken them over without ever questioning, is this really what I believe? And there comes in a point very often people have a crisis in life, a midlife crisis or earlier or later, where you suddenly question all these things. And it says, wow, this is not really who I am and what I want to with my life and what I believe. And then if you're strong enough, you can remove yourself from it. It's not easy to stick out and suddenly change your whole belief system because your friends and families may not like that at all. Uh, so you have to be very strong, and therefore I believe always to keep it to myself. I kept it for myself. I don't discuss these things with my friends. Um, I do make my videos, though, and share it with people who want to see it, but I have no need to convince anybody. You see, as long as we have the need to convince anybody about a certain spiritual law or so what we discovered, we do not believe it. We merely want to have their acceptance and says, if they're not their head, then probably it's right. We only talk about that, what we are not sure about. Anything that we definitely deep down are sure about, we will now have no need to talk to unless we are asked. And I think that's a very important thing. Whenever we, I remember when I was on some spiritual path, I just wanted, I was so enthused about it that I wanted to convert everybody else to And the reason was I wasn't totally convinced myself. And uh, the moment I got more and more security in myself, the less and less I had need to tell anybody else about this one. Because it just doesn't work. People only look at you, they, they copy you, but you do not what you say. And that, I think, is the important thing here, to consider that uh, we have to leave everybody their own freedom to evolve whenever they want to evolve. And I strongly, strongly believe in guardian spirits. So if anybody feels drawn to what I have to share or anybody else have to share, that guardian spirit will draw the person either to to, to you or whatever you have written or sent out, like your, your uh, video, uh, like your audio programs here. They will come and they will pick it up. I've got uh, some video statements uh, in some statements on my website, lifeexplained.com, which confirm that, that people actually have been guided to this, what I share. And it works for them. I'm not saying my videos are for everyone, but the people who are ready on that particular level will understand that and appreciate it. Yes, that is true. So in a way, you're just doing what you do out of um, that place, the natural place of being life itself and doing what it does. Did you have an intention or that strong inspiration to create the videos that you, you offer? Uh. Well, I mentioned it quickly, very quickly. I was not going to share. I've been a mystic for more than 50 years, and I was not going to share it in my books. I'm a writer and illustrator. That's my real profession, uh, my day profession, my money-making profession. And um, But my father, when he died, uh, who didn't believe in love after death, I told him what he probably will expect 
when he dies and he didn't believe it, he smiled. But when he was dead, five years later, I happened to come across a medium and the moment the medium saw me, he says, oh, your father is here. He just wants to thank you for whatever you told him. It helped him a lot on the other side. Would I please consider to write books about it and tell other people about it? Because he is at the receiving station of souls who have died and he sees so many confused souls. And he says, if they only would know what to expect, it would be easier. So I thought about it. I wasn't going to write another book on it. So I decided I wanted to mainly uh, reach the young people. And at that time, it was YouTube. That was before TikTok. And so I decided I make very short videos on these things. And I use my talent as an illustrator. And I draw very simple of how the universal laws are working, how the law of karma works, of reincarnation, the cause and effect, the law of projection, etc. And when you see it visually shown, it is very much clearer than if I just explain it. And these videos I offer for free out and anybody who is interested will find it. And those who are not will not <laughs> find it. So I'm just putting it out this way uh, because I believe the spiritual side on the other uh, will make contact for those souls which have it. If you look at my video with all the comments on suicide, for instance, and you see how many have mentioned, oh my, I stumbled on your video, I was just going to kill myself and things like this. There is no coincidence. When you read all these comments, there are no coincidence. And they, that is something in the last resort they stumble on that video and that hopefully have, helps them at least at that moment. That resonates. If life itself is love, unconditional love, then it would make sense that it's benevolent and it's trying to help its creation in a way. You said it earlier, everything around us, nature and so on, everything is here to help us. Everything. Right, supporting of one another. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything's connected anyway. So it makes so much sense, hence, that we are, whatever we are doing here is to help one another. Even the uh, so-called bad things, those are also the catalysts for change, right? Transformation for... Definitely. Um, I'm just reminded of Byron Katie's wonderful explanation. If my difficult circumstance would be the only way to return back home to God, would I accept it? There is so much depth in it and so on. If we really understand that my illness, my pain, my suffering may be actually the stepping stone, not the stumbling stone to move forward and I will learn something from it. Uh, then we can approach it differently and then we can also eventually learn to love it. I know that's quite a big concept, but when we understand that everything, absolutely everything is here to serve us, then we understand the, the benefit we will reap from it once we have really overcome the situation and have grown from it and have become purer, clearer and more, more uh, spiritual is maybe the word. One of my questions is, I know you talk about energy and how everything's energy and then how everything that we think, all the feelings, they become energies that they are stored in this place called repository planets. Correct. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. kind of an interesting concept. It's not all that new. We, we know it from astrology. <laughs> People always have said that we are ruled by the stars, but uh, we can't really make it, uh, we can't really analyze it so much. But everything is stored in the stars, whatever we do. Whenever we do something, say something, feel something, it's not only in the stars, it's stored in our bodies, in our cells, in our subconscious, in many spots, in the Akashic records that surrounds our planet Earth, but most importantly, in the repository planets of the material and semi-material universes. And these uh, storage planets, they move continuously. And when they reach a certain constellation, 
or when they are full, they download the stuff back to us. We send out, we get back what we sow, we then reap. And that comes back as karma, not as punishment. Very important. Karma is not punishment. Pana is merely a teaching tool for us to understand that the pain we have inflicted on someone else, for instance, how it feels so that we feel it now ourselves and won't do it again. Because our heart has, which originally says don't do it, we didn't listen to it. But maybe next time we, we can listen to our heart and to love and won't do it again. So it is a wonderful, harmonious, beautiful, we call it um, the, the causal computer because it causes an effect. It comes back to us. So every day we are doing nothing else but reaping what we have once sown. And according of how we act and speak and feel today, we will then create our future. It's so simple. The thing what I discovered over the years is this total simplicity. Another word for God is simplicity. It is so clear. It is unfortunately the religions have made God and all this spiritual stuff so convoluted and so difficult and full of dogmas and rules and 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 and, and, and uh, rituals and so on. None of that is 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 true. God is straightforward. We are his child of God. He speaks to us directly from moment to moment in a language that we can understand. It is always love. It is always love. And we can, we know that we don't need any go to school and study theology and so on. It is all there for us. Everybody can understand these very simple, straightforward rules. And that's what I try to convey in my videos, how absolutely simple everything is and how straightforward and how wonderful. Uh, I love yeah, that word, this idea <laughs> that everything is so simple and obvious, too. Yes. And maybe that's why we miss it. And it's lovely the way you explain how it works, energy, everything, the whole notion of that. It's very interesting. But there's just one thing that I, if I could, I would leave it out. <laughs> it would be the me, the idea of the I progressing, the mind continuation, the reincarnation. the Because it sounds like there's an attachment, again, to the me, to something that's here, that's solid, which there isn't. It's energy doing what it does. And like life itself, being life, unconditional love, perhaps what you call one is God, if we can use words to describe it. And it's just doing, dancing that dance. And there's it's just unlimited, unbound, it's free. But I know that sounds like there's a lot of laws and I, it's beautiful. But when it comes to the individual, that's where it kind of loses its, um, let's say, the message it loses its um, beauty in a way when there is an individual trying to get somewhere, a destination, when this is it. I mean, this is the miracle. This is everything. This is the unknown kind of dancing here as something that we claim to know. I just, uh, the reason why I'm a bit hesitant to agree with you is because oh, yeah. I see we discussed earlier, we are yeah. all aspects of this consciousness. We are eternally created children of God. And in the absolute reality, you're absolutely right. There is this dance of continuous, beautiful evolution. And that is where we, our true home is. Unfortunately, through our thinking, which we meant earlier, we created this illusionary ego and self-identification. And we have basically, we have fallen asleep, basically. We are not doing the dance. You're what you're 
talking about is a dance in the absolute reality. What we are doing here is actually only waking up. We are trying to wake up to return back to this wonderful dance where we can be in the absolute reality, this perfect being again. But for as long as we attach to our ego and to, the, uh, to this, uh, this is an illusionary world. You mentioned it's totally not real, but it is a it is a teaching tool for us to wake up and that's why we have it and a teaching tool is not always pleasant and we cannot uh, the it, or the progress and comfort don't go together so sometimes we have to have painful to wake up everything is here or this, as as ramdas said it uh, we are just all walking each other home and home means to wake up again to this true beautiful absolute reality dance and I think in the meantime, we still are all waking up. We are still in this trance stage here in this ego in, uh, world. And we and there, is, there isn't much happy dancing around here. Most people are struggling tremendously because it's a very, very tough school, a very tough school for very strong souls. Not every soul can incarnate here on the earth because they're not even strong enough to face all the stuff that they have once created. So... There is a stance. Nature is perfectly above all this because they don't have the thought, as you said earlier. They are here. They love us. They support us. But we are not coming from the love level. And as long as we are not coming from the love level, most of us can't do the dance here in this three-dimensional reality very much, or only occasionally. And I think the only dance really I can do is when I'm deep in meditation, when I'm deep in the stillness. That's when I dance best. Yeah, I love that you use the dance. It sounds fun to me, this idea of moving, right? Dancing with life itself. I guess it's just the when you talk about the ego, that's exactly what it, it comes to me, that the ego is attached to the idea of me that progresses, that it evolves, that gets somewhere, where what we are, it's this. It cannot get more real than that, actually. I mean, this is as real as it can get in this sense of separated wholeness, but without the, what do you call, ego, just kind of, wow, this is amazing, being here in a human body. Like, uh, I often kind of breathe deep, and, and I say to itself, to myself, to whatever I call I here, is that, wow, this is, yeah, no words even. It's like uh, uh, the body um, literally dances <laughs> to it. When you don't think, when you don't yeah, think. Yeah, there's no thinking, right. right. But there's no stories too, hands. There's no right. like, oh, I'm going to get somewhere that's more beautiful than here. And one day I'll be love. No, I'm already love. This is already love. I, it cannot get better than this. It cannot. This is beautiful. I mean, now, this moment, this body talking to you here, all this is a miracle. It's magic. <laughs> I don't think we basically disagree. It's only <laughs> yeah. that I think once we are in our thinking pattern, in our ego world, we are just don't enjoying it. And I, my my the teachings that I receive is basically to let go, to strip ourselves of these karmic garments, we can call them. And because we don't have to be perfect again, we are perfect beings. We are created perfect beings, and then we are perfect again. But as long as we wear our karmic burdens from past, past, thinking, thinking, acting, and etc., against the law of love, we can't really dance too often and too happily. So it's not to become anything, it's more to undo the stuff, that's all. Yeah, it is an unlearning. That resonates. But even in that, when the unlearning becomes some sort of mission and this is striving to get to somewhere that is learned or this is the unknown or, or, or whatever name we give it as a destination, home, 
then it loses its um, magic because now we are trying to get somewhere where that we already are. We can't get, we cannot get from here to home if we're already home. It's impossible. I understand, but let me just... You do? Yeah, it's kind yes, of... Yes, I understand fully. But you can have that thought and you can be aware of it that you are perfect. But then the, the next moment you are upset about your mother-in-law or something, suddenly the next thought, you are out of that beautiful dance. And this is why we are here, so that you suddenly face this thought, why am I having this thought against my mother-in-law? And that's what it is, the purity. That's all we have to do is to purify all these negative thoughts which come up throughout the day and situations so that we can dance again. So it's all there. But unfortunately, we cannot stay in there for as long as we have our ego continuously coming back and says, and do you remember you forgot to do this and etc, etc. All these things our ego puts on us. And this, the whole reason why we are here on planet Earth is to learn to undo all these kind of programs and, and to, to clear them up so that we can dance. Better. Yeah, what a, that's a lovely idea because we all, from the individual, me, self, or the ego, as you call it, we all want that, to get to this place of dancing, this beautiful dance. The music is always harmonious and lovely. And, but this is the experience of being human, and this is everything is included. So it's not, we cannot exclude the negativity. We cannot, if we, once we do that, then we're separating and that's not unconditional love. Unconditional love includes everything and accepts everything. It still dances the dance of love around the negativity, if we can call it that. Actually, there's no name for that. Once we are dancing that dance of life is wholeness, then there's just life. There's nothing else. <laughs> there's just the thoughts arising, happening, happening, but there's no really judgment. This is good. This is bad. Do I have to get out of here, go somewhere because it's no good? Like for this here, that has happened and it is happening, but I don't know how it happened. It just shifted and now everything is just, this is doing something. I know something's happening here. And I can explain using words, which is really like amazes me that I can use words to explain or to talk about it even. But it's just the conditionings, perhaps, because we have the ability to speak, to think. And then we're just using language to communicate something that cannot be communicated with words. But it's in, in, at the same time, it's, it's energetic resonance. There's something energetically happening that resonates when you talk about this being love, being perfect, that resonates energetically. My body's like, I have ticklish everything. So it resonates because that's true. I mean, if there's something that's true in this real, unreal reality. One of the videos that I mentioned off record was the love at all. That resonated. I was looking for something among all the, the teachings that you have, the videos you have that would resonate with that, the body-mind perhaps conditioned to think that knows that this is what it is, which the truth is, this is the unknown. It cannot be known by the mind, by the ego, by the I, me. So the conditions here looked for that video, and I love the message where he says, loving is our most natural way of being. Everything else is conditioned. Thought, illusions. Uh, spiritual love is all-inclusive. You say there are no mistakes. Anything or anyone who we do not love keeps us imprisoned at that mm -hmm. level of separated self, right? And then you talk about self-love too, unconditionally loving ourselves. Everything and everyone is part of you since there is only one of us. 
So everything's connected to just one. I love, love that message. I mean, it resonates from the conditioning, giving words, describing uh, what this is. It really resonated. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So little, little to add to. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very difficult, but also to learn to love our illness, our misfortune, our loss, etc. And it is possible when we really look at it very carefully, because everything is here to serve us. And when we understand that really on a deep level, that everything is here to bring us to the next level of becoming more awake. Uh, then I think we may be grateful. One old teacher, a teacher a long time ago said to me, whenever something happens to you, whatever, whatever hits the fan, first say, always say, thank you, God. Even if you don't understand it, there will become a moment when you understand it. But it takes all the, the, the negativity already out of it if you say, thank you, God. When something, when you, when you, somebody drives into your car, makes a scratch on the first say, thank you. It may not come from the heart and deep understanding, but it takes a lot of anger away. And eventually you will understand, hmm, that's, that's why it happened. Now I know. Yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, the idea of someone trying to understand and explain everything. It's really the impossible when we are, if um, we can do that, navigate this reality with the sense of happening only, arising, of, yeah, of wonder. And of course, with the conditionings of mind and body, that we can still explain things and you know, make sense of the separated reality. But um, without judgment, without trying to get anywhere, just being here now and becoming the moment, becoming whatever is happening, uh, we already are fulfillment anyway. But that seems really, really seems like the impossible because most of us are really attached to the idea of someone getting somewhere better, mm-hmm. always better mm-hmm. than than this. This is already fulfillment. But um, there's something in, something in us that we call the ego that's always trying to get somewhere, make this better. And it cannot get better than this, hence it cannot right. get better. This is the miracle. This is amazing. Once we really learn to be in the here and now, most of the problems will fall away, but it's a constant struggle. It seems like, it feels like, right? But it, maybe that's the dance too. That's the dance of unconditional love. Being a physical body, it's challenging. It comes with the territory. That is something that's natural. Of course, we are in the body. We It requires so much. Water, food, this, that. So that's part of that dance. But this is it. <laughs> and it is the impossible to really realize <laughs> by the mind, right? By the ego. The ego cannot get this because it always wants this to be better, something to be better. Yeah, it keeps us purposely unhappy. Yes, right, right. Yes, yes, yeah. There's no gratitude. It's always trying, striving to get somewhere when it is already there. We're already home. Guilt and fear, yeah. Yeah, right. All that, all that. Thank you so much for our conversation today and expanding and dancing <laughs> this dance of language around around life itself. Valerie, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'd love to be a being guest on your show and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you, Hans. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything? Uh, no, I I think it's fine. Whatever has been said, yeah. As I said, if anybody is interested in my work, they can find me on the internet as in my videos at YouTube. Just punch in my name and there are over 100 videos, very short ones, where I visually explain these spiritual laws. If they work for you, great. If not, it's also great. Mm, yes, oh, that's unconditional love. And um, I will have your website link on the podcast profile, your name spelled there. So your website is lifeexplained.com. 
And my last question to you, just one more question, is what is another word for life? Oh, life. Life to me, I said, is God. There is also uh, consciousness. I said earlier, there is also celebration. I don't know how your life, life, I think the first thing comes from it is God. And we are part of life, of this dance. And we are part of God. And that is uh, God unfolding himself, exploring herself uh, in creation. And uh, everything is alive. Everything is conscious. And everything is continuously evolving. And we are in this wonderful dance that we are creating new and new stars, new galaxies. It's continuously populating with more mineral kingdoms, plant kingdoms, animal kingdoms, human beings, uh, spiritual beings. Uh, everywhere and it is an exciting event and we are very blessed to be there and we have nowhere else to go than within. I think the only thing, everything is in us. We have nowhere else to go. The kingdom of God is in us. I think it's a very important message for me as well, always to remember that it's not out there, it's in me. All the peace I can find in my meditation, in my prayer, and whenever I need it, I can come home. All I have to do is sit down and come home. Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, here now. I love the way you said that. Yeah, when you mentioned the word God, you said him and then her. <laughs> you said those two. So yeah, God being, being universal, not personal. Thank you so much again, Hans, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Valeria. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to learn more about Hans Wilhelm and his work, please visit lifeexplained.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>